All right, you guys ready? Talk some boba. Let's do it. Okay. All right. On three. Wait. On three or three and then. <laughs> okay. Wait. 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 This is just one, practice. Just two, one, three, two, three, and three, then go. And, and then go. Okay. Yeah. One, two. Welcome to the Wretched Hive podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Iceland spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find. More wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. The Book of Boba Fett hit the airwaves. Today, as we record the show, Wednesday, December 29th, 2021, and that's what it took to get us out of retirement. You think we're going to stay away with Boba Fett, new Star Wars over the airwaves? There's no possible way we could stay away. And it's because we are the Wretched Hive Podcast, and you have found us live Well, I don't know if you're listening live. You're probably not listening live, but you found us as we're recording live on launch day for season one, episode one of the Book of Boba Fett. My name is Steve Baldwin and joining me tonight, two fifths of the hive. Along with myself, we make a three fifths where over half the hive is here. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We got a couple guys out, but we are going to move forward. We need to, we need. We needed to talk this out because this yeah. is freaking Boba Fett, guys. Unbelievable. Right. We're, we're going to talk gonna, about the show you, tonight. Are you going to tell them who the two fifths are that are here with you? Are you going to introduce us <laughs> or should we introduce ourselves? Um, let's change it up. Let's change it up. Scott, I want you to introduce everybody tonight. Scott. Oh, God. Um, all right. Uh, our favorite rebel scum and leader of the show is Steve Baldwin. Oh, Scott, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's great to be here. I really appreciate uh, you having me. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Steve. It's so good to see you on the show tonight. Uh, But guess what? We've got somebody else on the show tonight that we have to talk about. Oh, this ought to be interesting. (laughs) And that that is Dave. (laughs) <laughs> you can just where's just, the sound bite there's no sound bite just do it straight oh, so just, when yeah, greg's not here bite. we just do it straight yeah <laughs> don't, don't ever call me harry potter oh, there you go well done well done well done well done scott we put you on the spot for that mm-hmm. didn't rehearse it it's so great to be back. We didn't make it to 2022. Well, depending on when this show drops, maybe we did make it into 2022 with before there will be new content available. But mm. we're here. We're excited. And I just got to throw out, I'm not that scared of Omicron. I'm scared of Megatron, which is what I, I fear is coming next. I think the so. Megatron variant. And that will be fucking terrifying. No matter we- no matter what the, the, the variant is actually called, the next one, we should just call it the Megatron variant. Because that, that's badass. I like that. For I real. agree. I agree. But what was the planet? Is that Unicron? Yeah, that was Unicron. Unicron. So Megatron and Unicron are going to be the ones that just kick our ass. Is that mm, right? They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so here's another thing that's interesting, though, is that 
I have heard that NASA hired a group of like 24 theologian, theologians or something like that to give them some feedback on what would mankind's response be if aliens landed on the planet? How would we as a society and civilization deal with that? And all I, I read that and I'm thinking to myself, you know, as a plot twist for 2022, mm. I feel like we're seeding this in very subtly in the 2021 season finale, and it's really going to dominate the next season, which concerns me greatly. So mm. thanks yeah. to the internet for letting me steal both of those jokes to open the show. Didn't get a lot of prep time. <laughs> That's okay. We, you know, we spend hours, literally literally hours prepping for the show. Every, no, we don't? Okay. No. No? no? Oh. Minutes? I thought- <laughs> well, originally we were going to start recording at eight thirty, and I'm just throwing out that it's nine twenty-one right now. So no, we don't spend a lot of time we're, prepping for the show. We are right That's on, hours, man. That's hours are, in my world. We are right on schedule for <laughs> for how we typically operate the hive. Um, well, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. We are technically early if we normally start oh, at nine thirty. We are true. on. We're kicking ass tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We started early, and we. We got started later than early, but we're started earlier than late than we normally something. I don't know. We're here. It doesn't matter. We are here and we are here to talk about. It's like we never left. It just no. It's like nothing ever changed. Anyway, whatever. We yeah. are here to talk about. <laughs> there's new Star Wars on the air. I'm I'm I got up early this morning, downloaded the show to my uh, iPad, and I'm taking the train to work watching new star wars and it was so surreal i'm like i cannot believe i'm watching this show right now it was really cool but oh yeah uh, we're here to talk about the book of boba fett season one episode one it's actually maybe chapter one because we're talking about a book of boba fett it's actually called (laughs) chapter one titled stranger in a strange land as i mentioned earlier dropped today as we record the show wednesday december 29th 2021 This first chapter of the series called The Book of Boba Fett covers a lot of ground, and we're going to run it down for you tonight. We're going to go scene by scene, give you our thoughts and opinions and feelings about how the show went. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought of it. We really haven't talked about it at all until we're live recording this right now. Um, The evening... As usual... We don't put in a lot of prep time for these shows. No we haven't talked. He says that like it's a big breaking development. We haven't talked about it at all as a group. That's a good point. Yeah, we that's... never talk about it as a group. <laughs> well, sometimes we'll exchange some texts or, you know, there's some a little banter back and forth. But today there was nothing. There's just, you nothing. know, we all had to no. work and no. we really haven't talked well, about it. And I know we Greg's not here, so I'm going to try to fill in for him a little bit quick like that. So we all know that uh, Scott Evansky is wrong about The Last Jedi, so therefore all of his opinions about tonight's show are invalid. Are false. Invalid, I say, sir, invalid. That's fair. That's fair. Totally fair. Chapter one. Chapter one. Chapter one of the book of Boba Fett. That's okay. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, who who has been identified as the showrunner. You know, I as a as a. As a young man, just even just ten years ago, I don't remember talking about who's the showrunner for a show. That's, that's, that's a relatively new. That's because you weren't deep in the entertainment lingo biz, Steve. All right. Yeah. 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 That, that that term has been around for a while. It has been. All right. It Long, longer than ten years. Okay. <laughs> well, ten years ago, let's see. I was twenty-two. So yeah, maybe I guess I was into other things at that point. Um. <laughs> 
Thank you dog for ears not commenting. Ears. <laughs> exactly. Uh, written and cr- this the the episode was written and the series created by John Favreau. Because yeah, that guy doesn't make enough money already, right? Uh, basically, the the um, the brain trust of current Star Wars, uh, Favreau, and executive produced by his partner Dave Filoni, by him and Dave Filoni. So Favreau and Filoni, executive producers, written and created by Favreau and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. That's a pretty good group right there. And I'm pretty yeah. sure Kathleen Kennedy is on there as an executive producer too. Mm, I think you could be right about that. I th- I only caught it's Favreau on, it's on, it's and on a Filoni, though. Yeah, it's on a different card. They a had those block. two okay. versus executive producers. Okay. And then there was another group of executive producers that I think Kathleen Kennedy was a part of. And I think uh, Mr. Rodriguez is also listed as an executive. I think there's like three executive producer title cards, if you will. Okay. All right. I was going solid until you brought that up, Dave. But thanks thanks for uh, killing my, my buzz right there. Well, I'm just I'm just saying, look – if she's going to get the blame for the things where she's the executive producer that turn out shitty, we also need to give her the credit for the things that turn out good where she's listed as an executive producer. I just Again, I want to be fair about that. Fair. That's yeah, fair. No, that's a really good point. So I'm going to I'm going to check this. I've got the I've got the episode queued up here. So I'm just going to let's just double check you on that. Um, co-executive producer Karen Gilchrist and producer John Bartnicki. I don't know who that is. No. Uh, the score is Joseph Shirley. So uh, we have a new musical. Um, um, no, I, I thought it was the guy that did the uh, the Mandalorian. That's what I thought too. But this says Joseph Shirley. I'm looking at the. Are you the, in the uh, right show, Steve? Right? <laughs> I just I want to make sure he. Definitely oh, sorry. Did. This is Brady Bunch from uh, 1978. Yes, Monday, that's Monday. what I wow. thought. Yeah. Um, wow. Production design: Andrew Jones and Doug Chang course doug chang all over everything he's yeah. the man since uh, episode one yeah yep and uh yep executive producer robert rodriguez created by john favreau um i'm not seeing hmm i'm not seeing kk on here i know i saw oh here we go okay music themes by ludwig Gornson. yeah so the themes are by Gornson. You know, I'm I'm KK. I don't know. We'll we'll have to we'll have to double check that. I'm I'm kind of scrubbing through, and I'm not doing a great job of finding her. But I know she's in the credits somewhere. Look, she runs everything, so she's attached yeah. to everything. Let's just give her that, okay? We're good. So, how much work do you think someone like Kathleen Kennedy actually does as executive producer on a show like this? I don't know if all those behind at the scenes point. things that we keep seeing on Disney Plus show her in, at all the roundtables. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's, it's the involvement that she had during the, the sequel films is where I start to get a little irritated. Yeah. But that's it's more right. than just her involvement. It's, it's not her. It's a bigger picture. I'm sorry. I took us down a complete rabbit hole here, and I didn't mean to do that. So <laughs> right. let, let's, get, let's get back to the show. Just, let's get into this show. Just yes. never mind the last three, three minutes and, and 48 seconds. All right. Uh, all right. So the show opens. We get a shot of Tatooine, Jabba's Palace. We come into Jabba's palace. We've got Boba Fett played expertly, in my opinion, by Tamara Morrison. Yes. Right. And he's in the Bacta tank. Oh, or, let's, let's, or what I assume is a Bacta, sort of a healing yes. tank. It, it, it's established later that it's a Bacta tank, but that was it my is. first thought, too. 
But let's just let's point out the fun thing here is that he is taking over Jabba's palace. He's in Jabba's bedroom. We never got to see Jabba's bedroom, so this is kind of weird, but also fun. <laughs> There's been some crazy we... stuff that's happened in Jabba's bedroom, I'm sure. I, right? Yeah, do we think right? Leia saw Jabba's bedroom, or... Ah, come oh, on. Oh, Dave. <laughs> come on. <laughs> we get... There's an Ula and a Slave Leia involvement uh, thing. I'm sorry. That's just... Yeah. But it was it was pretty weird to see a different like area of Jabba's palace. I thought it was kind of right. cool. But what I loved about it is... Immediately he flashes back to he's he's in the tank. He's got he's hooked up with the oxygen mask and he's kind of dreaming and he flashes back to himself as a child. Yeah. That scene where in episode two, where he's holding his dad's helmet, he's holding Django Fett's helmet. Yes. Without Django, without Django's head in it. We've established that the head flies out. The high mace window cuts it off. We saw the shadow. Let's but, but let's back up. That's not the first thing he sees. The first thing he sees is actually the nice stuff, which is through the windows of the city on Camino. Mm. You see all the waves crashing oh. up against Camino City or whatever the city was called. But um, yeah, I really like right. how they kept that in sequence. So you build the anxiety. It gets worse and worse. Like he's having a nightmare yeah. from a nice dream. So Right. Yeah. And I, I, I that's a great point, Scott. And I love the, the um, I mean, those two opening shots are sort of I wonder if they're taken from the films or if they redid those shots. Any ideas on that? Like was was that shot of of uh Boba as a kid holding the helmet was that taken straight from the film? Yeah. I need to do a 1, comparison. So, yeah. 1000%. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. Um so almost immediately then we flash to him inside the Sarlax gut. <laughs> Which let's be real that's the only reason we were all tuning in to watch the show, right? Is to find out how yes. did he survive being swallowed by the Sarlacc. Absolutely. I, so, and I literally, I was like, this is, okay, this is the question I want. This yes. is the question I want answered right now. So Right. I'm, everything after this is just, it's whatever. I, it's it, gravy. I'm, it's yeah, the it's gravy on the dinner. This but is the dinner right here. I no pun two, intended. I have two <laughs> points to point out about this. And one is, I can't tell you how fucking excited i was to see this moment right and the only criticism i have on it is i I wanted to see more i really wanted to see more of him getting out and what they did and robert rodriguez props to him man it really looked cool like it's dark and it is creepy as hell right and there's that stormtrooper that's been in there for who knows how long kind of wish it had been like acid digested a little more you know have but, you, you've only watched it once, right? Uh, twice, but it's only on an iPad, so I, I, I need to watch it in like full HD. You got to because okay. you do see some of the, 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 the armors kind of deteriorated from the acid. It looks really cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. But the the re- only re- it's really the only weird moment in the episode because when Boba Fett gets over to the stormtrooper, he says, "I've been trying to reach you to talk to you about your expiring car warranty." <laughs> That was a little off-putting. That was I'll a little strange. <laughs> but kind of took me out of the moment. So he rips like a tube out of the stormtrooper's helmet, right? And kind of like an oxygen sticks it inside his yeah. own helmet. And then he uses his fire, his, uh, what do you call it? Flamethrower. His flamethrower, flame thank you. Yeah. And sort of like we assume he flamethrows his way a hole in the side of the Sarlacc and then digs himself up. So how does he? how does he dig through all that sand, though? I mean, that was it, my it, first reaction. That's, that's a long way to dig. Yeah. 
depending on where he was, um, and if you haven't seen some of the, again, it's Legends now, but yeah. um, if you haven't seen any of the cross-section books where it shows what the inside of a oh, Sarlacc yeah. looks like, he could be in many different areas of that Sarlacc. Mm. So I'm assuming he's at like a first stage top level because what I'm also assuming is this doesn't happen very long after. The barge is up there when he busts through the sand, which right. is all burnt to a crisp. Which and, hasn't, is, and hasn't been looted by Jawas yet. Right. So it hasn't been that long. I'm going to give him maybe, what, two, three days at most. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think and, the rebel fleet is amassing somewhere while this this particular memory is going on. Right. 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 And, and you have that moment where he rips the air tube out of the stormtrooper to get oxygen, which another great moment is there is no oxygen inside the stomach of a Sarlacc. So he's desperately trying to breathe to build enough strength to get out. So he, he's, yeah. I think there's oxygen in there, sir, because if there was no oxygen, the flamethrower wouldn't have worked. Uh, that's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> Science. Damn it. Maybe not enough for his lungs. Well, I'm sure it reeks to high heaven in there. Oh, my yeah. God. Can you imagine being inside the stomach of a Sarlacc? Well, I mean, all the shit uh, this is in there. This is something that this is something that hit me though. Is that it, it's almost a bit of biblical imagery? What happened, right? Like, it, like Jonah, the story of Jonah and the whale, right? Uh, God takes Jonah, the non-believer, throws him in the stomach of a whale, and the whale spits him back out after three days, and now he repents and he becomes a different person. Yeah, there's a I as soon as he was like clawing out of the sand, which reminded me of the Mike Zek visuals from. Uh, Craven's last hunt where Spider-Man was buried alive for a couple weeks and had to yes. claw his way up through six feet. Like the claw, like I was very struck by like that, that shot of the arm coming up from the sand. I was like, Mike, that looks a lot like the Zek, the Zek art from that issue of web of Spider-Man where that oh, happened. Dave, but, that's a great, great callback. But, but the, the biblical imagery of just kind of where this is going, right? Like he comes out. I mean, he's not a reformed person, but he's a different person now. Well, Yeah. Um, there's a great point because we'll get into it a little bit later with some of the people he comes across when he gets taken by the sand people and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so on and so on. There are moments that he could be, um, there is a, there is a parallel with the Anakin character and how he is a much better person in general for not, not killing all the sand people. Right. Right. There is well, a moment where he could have killed a kid and didn't mm -hmm. and Anakin in a attack of the clones slaughters the entire a group of sand people. So I know I just jumped to it, but no, that's okay. I mean, we, we yeah. can, we can get there quickly. So, you know, he's basically was, you know, left for, for dead. That's the first time he's left for dead is inside the Sarlacc. So he climbs his way out through the sand. Yeah. The jaw was come across him. And by the way, the jaw was, and I'll say to say everything that's original trilogy in this, the sand crawler, the jaw was, um, the Banthas, they all look fantastic. They're just, they, they did spot and, and on. I, and I read a review that was like, you know, this is like a name check of all these things that you already know on Tatooine. Like it was a bad thing. And I'm oh, like, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. It's that's what's so on the planet, buddy. That's what's gonna keep it, meeting new life forms on the same planet all the time. What, what was this reviewer? Like, like just watch the matrix or something. I mean, yeah. Jesus, leave like, it alone. If you don't like that stuff, don't watch star Wars. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. It, sorry. No, it, that's Star Wars. Yeah. It's not nostalgic, nostalgia's sake for nostalgia's sake. It's the fact that there's these oh. moments that really lend itself to the story, exactly. and they're done great. The Jawa sequence, coming across, stripping his armor. They're obviously going to be there stripping down the sail barge. 
I love it because we do see that later. I think the sail barge is slowly stripped down. There's more of a, a skeletal husk there or not mm-hmm. the whole thing. <clears throat> yeah. After, after the armor scene and the uh, uh, Tuscan Raiders come up, you see less of the ship behind them. Yeah. So the, I- the jaw was then take his armor and leave him for dead. Just yeah. leave his body uh, exposed to the elements. So that's now the second time. So then the Tuscan Raiders come along. Which I've always loved Sand People. I have a thing for Sand People. I read the Obi Wan Kenobi book, and they really it really gets into the I don't I guess it's not canon anymore, but it, it really gets into the the psyche of the Sand People and what they have to do to survive and everything. It's really cool. If Mrs. And, Baldwin has a Tuscan Raider mask, I don't want to know about it. <laughs> we might have some robes and a, a bantha stick or two. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, most people go with the, the gold <laughs> bikini, but okay, you're taking it to a darker place. Uh, uh, I, I don't mind the gold bikini, but it's, it pinches under my arms a little bit. Oh, I see, um, yeah, I see where you're going. So the, the Tuscan Raiders find Boba, take him. They rope his hands. They're pulling him behind the Banthas. They're dragging him for a portion. Um, but, you know, all the original trilogy stuff is just spot on. I just love all that stuff. Um, so yeah, they get... and actually the Jawas, man, they're a little brutal. Like they show they oh, yeah. beat down. Oh, yeah. He reaches out for one of them. Houdini! Crack just... him across the head, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was intense. Yeah, we've never seen Jawas be violent, I don't think. Yeah, even in the Mandalorian... I think it's it still plays to a little more comedic right. element, but yeah, they want the suka. suka. I mean, it just comes down on top of them. Oh yeah, they're they're kind of vicious. It's an unforgiving planet, you know. Yeah. Um. All right, so he's uh, tied up at the Tuscan Raider camp, and they just beat him up too. They just treat him like you know he's a prisoner. He's uh, almost like a like a slave. Um. There's a Rodian with him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we ever get the Rodian's name, but um, there's another prisoner, Rodian prisoner, with him, and the and the watchdog, the massive. Oh, the yeah. oh the massive. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so Boba's not afraid of the massive. In in fact, he he handles it well. He puts it in a headlock and kind of knocks it out and escapes. And then, and then cuts his ropes with the thing's teeth while <laughs> yeah. it's unconscious, which that is was awesome. That that's a bold move. Yeah, that's a pro move there. Um. <laughs> So this is about this is where I was on the train and I just like snapped out of my stupor. I'm watching the show going, I cannot I looked around. I can't, I can't believe I'm watching new Star Wars. This is like so cool. Yeah. I was so geeked. Um, all right. So he tries to escape. He, he runs. He's running through the desert, gets chased down by the Mastiff. And he's got to fight this like Tuscan Raiders best warrior. Well, and just gets his ass kicked basically by this warrior. Guy. I'm going to back it up just for a second because he All does right. get away once before. He breaks his his bonds once before, and he faces off with the kid. I think it's a, a young, like a youngling, um, and he has a moment where he has the kid down on the ground, and he could kill him, mm. and he doesn't. And I thought that was a really interesting moment where he, like Dave was saying, there's this very religious uh, subtext kind of going on, and here's this redeeming moment where he, you know, it's Boba Fett. I mean. Literally, Vader's looking at him in Empire saying, no disintegrations this time. This dude is not afraid of killing or disintegrating people. So here's this moment where he has, you know, a captor. He's broken free and he could kill this kid. And he realizes it's a, a youngling or a kid and doesn't. And then it gets to that point where you're talking about, Steve, where he does get away and the whole group chases him down with right. the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm just going to call him a dog. He's like a dog. He seems like a dog, like a pet. A, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but it's a massive, like you said. M-A-S-S-I-F-F, -S -S according to the subtitles. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. All right. So I just wanted to point out at this point in the show, this is about 15 minutes into the show, and there's been about four words said. There's like, I realized this on the second viewing, there's no dialogue. Yeah. In the first fifteen minutes, it's all visual storytelling. It 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 well, it's also a meta commentary on the Star Wars holiday special, which we know Favreau has a <laughs> giant heart on for. <laughs> but the visuals are so there's no Wookiees, there's no Wookie talking for ten minutes. But no. the the visuals no, but, are so but, good it, and so recognizable. It doesn't matter. You you no, get but, drawn I, in. But. Like the Star Wars holiday special, I watched this thing with subtitles on, yeah. and it just says things like Jawas speaking or Tuscan Raider language. Like it mm. doesn't translate what they're saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first real dialogue is actually Min Ming Na Wen, uh, who plays uh, Fennec Shand, and she says, "You know, wake up, boss." He's in the healing tank still, and she says, "Wake up." By the way. How in the hell is Ming Na Wen fifty-seven years old? That actress yeah, is fifty-seven. That's not fair. It's not fair. That's ridiculous. She looks thirty-seven. Yeah. She's lovely and fit and and, and kick an ass. amazing yeah. actress, kick-ass actress. Yeah. yeah she. I, I couldn't believe that. Um. And I think. Uh, I think Tamara Morrison is like fifty-nine or something. And he looks Crazy. like sixty nine. <laughs> well, that he, might be he looks pretty fit. And, that's that's makeup. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarlacc stomach acid. Yeah, uh, that's true. Like, <laughs> if you were if you were inside of a sarlacc for three days, you probably look 59, 69 too. <laughs> um, anyway, so the uh, the Tuscan Raider warrior ends up kicking his ass, and he and he's left for dead again. You know, they leave him in the sand again. Uh, they take him back. They turn him back. They up do to at that, that point. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they take him back to the rock. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and that's when he comes back. It's and it, it intersects us back to present day because yes. I think this is all so, flashback. Yeah. Right. So let me ask something. Yeah. So, Scott, you are a giant cinephile. Yes. As much, if not more so than I am. So I'm not try I'm not asking this question like, oh, this is the only two times it's been done. But it was something that flashed for me. But isn't the story structure that we're seeing here? This, you know, here's a present day thread and here's a, a past day thread. Isn't it similar to how the Godfather part two was structured? Because mm. there's the, the present day storyline running and then there's a, a older time storyline running. I'm glad you brought up the Godfather because there, there are definitely similarities because of present day what he's doing by taking over Jabba's role in right. this empire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what uh, I was saying to you. I'm like, that would actually be appropriate because it's a gangster film, but yes, I haven't seen it in a long time. And I figured you would be able to help me out with this. It's absolutely. Um, in fact, there are two versions. There's the original version of the Godfather, which was filmed the way that we've all seen it, but you can buy the saga version, which has had Coppola go in and re-edit the entire trilogy in sequential order. Oh, nice. And that is a really fun watch if you ever get the time to watch you know, nine, ten hours worth of film. Mm. Um, but yes, it, that's a great point, Dave. This really does have a Godfather feel. In fact, um, sad to say this is not my idea, but it, it really just was brought to light because I did watch one review of this. And there was a mention that, um, and I'm going to forget the composer's name, how they, it's the same composer as The Mandalorian. Ludwig Gorenson? Yeah, and how he took that 
idea of the spaghetti western we got from Mandalorian and gave it a much like a more moodier, darker theme that does kind of lend itself to the Godfather theme. It, it's it's mm. darker and more dramatic than the spaghetti kind of fun spaghetti western theme that we got from the Mandalorian. And damn it, if that person wasn't right, I'm really pissed. <laughs> you know, uh, it I, really does. It feels like the Godfather. The to parallel me. to the Godfather is is a a great analogy. I love that. And actually, I when I think of the the two like current day and uh, flashback timelines, I th- Godfather Part Two, yeah, is yeah. is very much um, that way. And it's it's probably the greatest sequel that's ever been filmed. It um, definitely well, is. Maybe it's second a Star only Wars to Empire. Podcast, so we have to say it's the Empire Strikes Back. Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said second <laughs> only to Empire, uh, but yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. a great. I love that. It it yeah. certainly has that feel to it. It really does. Yeah. Uh, and, and and at this point, because now we're getting what I love about where we're going with this is because we flash back to the future now or uh, our present day, we now get to see how Boba Fett is handling the character is handling the takeover of Jabba's palace. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I shouldn't say Jabba. It was Bib Fortuna, right? So, um, Bib Fortuna. Right. Bib Fortuna. Fortuna. Yep. So it was his kind of little empire for a while there. All right. So talking about uh, the new commander of the empire or the new crime Lord, as, as Jabba calls himself at one point. Um, now we get, the, we get the, the, uh, the money shot of him putting the armor on. So he's out of the, the back to tank or, the yeah. healing tank and there's this whole sequence with the the droids putting the armor on him and him it's getting a, a, a yes. classic strapping scene yes, yes. Right. it felt so like rambo 2 right you know, but, for, for blood rambo part right. 2 uh, but come on it's robert rodriguez i mean come on is there not going to be a strapping scene of the main character at some point i love the it goes so over the top at some point like when he's putting the gauntlets on it's oh, yeah. up and you hear the <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, all right. Oh yeah. It's gonna be a full 100%. on like smackdown. And then he's just sitting I love it, he's just sitting in the throne after that. It's like almost like he's bored. <laughs> right. And he's and he's getting dressed, he's getting the armor on so that um palace guests can pay their respects to the new crime lord. So the first guy comes in, he's a walrus man. What's what's yeah. his uh what's his um Snaggletooth. Uh, uh, well, his race is uh, um, Aqualish. 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 Okay. Is that, is that right, Dave? You got me. I just say walrus man. Right. Scott, <laughs> even if I knew the answer to that, I would not admit it in public. <laughs> I got Rodian. I got Rodian, so I'm good there. Um, okay, well, hold on. Established originally from the action figures, it was a walrus man. Yeah. And then the character in the bar was Ponda Baba. But we found out that his species is actually called Aqualish. All right. So very good. That's that's where we're sitting with that. Okay. I, I I'm I'm all in. I got you. Okay. And he, and he brought Boba Fett a box of seized candy. So I was real happy about that. But I love at one point Boba <laughs> Boba turns to Fennec Shannon and says, Did you get any of that? And she says something about friendship or something, and he says, We really need a protocol droid. And, that was and that's line. the only time you will ever hear those words spoken in Star Wars. <laughs> right. Right. Because we all know these? protocol droids are fucking annoying. Did you Sorry, see the Easter egg in the artwork at the end? I need to flash forward to this for one second because that sequence is one of the pieces of artwork and there is a protocol droid head, oh. severed head at the feet of Boba Fett when he's for that moment. And I was just like, oh, damn, that would have been cool to see. <laughs> ah, I didn't see that. Although yeah. the artwork at the end is, is great. It's always oh, just, 
Uh, all right. So then the uh, the host droid, whatever you want to call him, his name uh, on the subtitles eight, is eight eight D eight. Eight D eight. He is a torture droid, and there's a torture joke that he pulls right there. Oh, that's right. Oh, he's a torture droid. You're right. Yes. Good pull, Scott. That's right. Yeah. yeah, he was one of the guys like torturing uh, R2. The or droids. The, the uh, R2 units, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he presents Doc Strassi, who's Trandoshian. Yes. And uh, Trandoshian says, uh, who is one of the, sort of one of the, um, who's the bounty hunter, the Trandoshian? That Bosk. we Bosk, yes, of course. Yeah. And who pays him a compliment? And uh, Boba says, even when a Trandoshian pays you a compliment, it sounds like a threat. It is a threat. I love if it. you yeah. listen to that carefully, he is threatening him. We hope you stay long. We hope you stay forever, or something. Forever, like that, right? in yeah. Moss Espa, by the way, not Moss Eisley. So, yeah, I thought that was a nice pull to the uh, prequel trilogy. And then we get eight uh, D eight presents Mock Shays, Mayor of Moss Espa. Who I I swear I swore it was Owen Wilson when he walked in. His voice sounds just like Owen Wilson. I don't know if you caught that at all. So he's not the mayor. He's he says oh, in the well, line. Well, he's addressed as the mayor, but it turns out he's not the mayor. Yeah, he's not dressed as the mayor. He is. He claims he is the major domo for the mayor, who we've seen in the trailer, and we will get that okay. in the next episode. Do we know who? Is playing is is the mayor playing or is someone is an actor playing the mayor that's someone important? Yes, Dave. Say I, Dave. Be, I I believe it's going to be Mr. Filoni. Uh, oh, nope. it is funny. not. Oh, who is it then? It's Robert Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Oh, I knew. Sorry, that's that's my brain fart. Okay. He actually plays another character in this episode, and I can't remember, but he his voice was changed. But if you listen to the trailer. The one playing the mayor is Robert Rodriguez, and that is his voice. That oh, okay. Is totally gotcha. All right. So so he brings no tribute, but the mayor's heartfelt welcome. But he asks for a tribute. And Fennec, Boba's like, what? And Fennec, San, Fennec says, he wants you to pay him. And uh, so that doesn't go over so well for uh, the mayor's representative. So he. So leaves. there's a moment. With all this happening, right. and if you haven't watched right. it a couple times, I want you to go back and watch this whole dialogue sequence because he says they are having a very tense moment. Yeah. Although I think the actor who was playing him just didn't quite pull it off as well as I, I was hoping he would. But... Oh, you're being you're being generous. I know. Yeah. yeah, I am. I really am. Thanks for at least. He almost that. plays it for comedy a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was. Yeah, and I was gonna ask that actually. Like, why do these these guys who get these kind of bit alien parts on Star Wars? Why do they so often go for a little bit of a comedic interpretation of it? Why yeah. is that a constant running theme? I mean, Star Trek doesn't have this happen. I mean, I yeah. just, you don't need yeah, to know I what agree. your motivation is, bro. You're you're an alien. You're there. You're doing your thing. Be serious. What's right. funny is is he's a representative to the mayor. So he's like a dignitary who's sent over to have this communication moment. Yeah. Why are you right. cracking jokes and being kind of aloof and goofy? No, and, it, it, if you're yeah. the chief of staff for a mayor, that's not the persona you're going to have, right? I mean, that's right. That, that's kind of the equivalent of what he is, right? He's a chief of staff or mm -hmm. a, a first officer or something, and that's that's not the demeanor that they would have. Yeah, and the Trandoshan, when he comes in and has his moment, I love the delivery. It may not yep. be perfect, but he has a threatening moment that feels yeah. tense and yeah. ominous. Here's a character who's supposed to have that same presence and pays off because he literally says – 
after the transactions happening, the back and forth, oh, you owe me something because I'm the mayor's guy. Well, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be unmolested as you walk out of this place and that's it. And then right. he's like, well, you're going to be visited by another group of dignitaries or whatever. And that pays off. Which pays off later and actually right. leads us into the next group of visitors, which is two Gamorian former guards yeah. that had been captured alive. And Boba says, you know, the the the, uh, the torture droid says, oh, their screams of torture will send, you know, a message to the village or to, to the city. And yes. Boba says, I do not torture. Would you be loyal to me if I spare you? And of course, they they both about kneel down and Fennec says, this is a bad idea, which I was I was waiting for. I have a very bad feeling about this, but she went with this is a bad idea. And that turns out to be actually a good idea as the Gamorreans so far. So far. Uh, so far, there's, there's this, is a the seven episode, this is a seven episode arc that we're going to be dealing with. So All right. I, I, I like how this plays out. I, I really need to point that out because, yeah, you're right. Both of you are right on this. We don't know how far that's going to go, but they did immediately pay off that kind of debt by helping them out later on. Right. As uh, as we see. But what for me as a fan, like you. You talk about all these like callbacks to the original trilogy. I love seeing that. Like in the Mandalorian, we saw the Gamorrean guard in the in the kind of death battle or whatever on the the stage in like mm. from the first season. Was it first season? Um, oh yeah, yeah. And I thought it was really cool to see in like the boxing yeah. ring sort of a thing. Right. So yeah. we don't get to we don't see them in the original trilogy just as like big doofus guards, which you know are kind of scary looking, but they don't really do anything except fall into the pit and well, get eaten by the rancor. Yeah, rancor. I was just going to say, wait, didn't one of the guards get eaten by the rancor? Yeah, so but yeah. Are we, right. wait, there were three of them running around the palace now and we were just down one or what? I think there were a bunch. I, I think there are more. Because we, we saw two in Return of the Jedi, as I recall, and one got eaten. Well, yeah, we see two at the beginning with 3PO when they come in and then we see the one that gets eaten. But I think if you look at all the scenes in Return of the Jedi – You'll see them scattered throughout. There may have been so, more guards. Yeah. Let's just say there's a, a half a dozen of them. I don't know. Something like that. But my point is, is we don't really get to see them do anything. Although I will say they, they went on a hell of a diet. Like <laughs> they look pretty slim. Little, they look pretty buff. Cut. Yeah. They're cut yeah. compared yeah. to what they look like in, in Return of the Jedi. They, they definitely, definitely have been enrolled in Jenny Craig. <laughs> but the, but, they look, they look pretty good though. The costumes look pretty good. I thought they looked good. Um, especially the neck piece where the, the, the yes. obvious mask matches with the skin on the shoulders and chest. Right. I thought that would be the obvious point, but it's really done well. Um, yeah. But what I really like is how, again, it, it shows Boba Fett in a sympathetic role in a, in a, in a respectful role, um, allowing, instead of pulling the torture thing that the droid was offering to do, which would have sent a message. That's no lie. But it also shows him as a newer, different type of character. I want, I'm more curious to see about that growth. Um, but seeing them possibly, mm. you know, staying loyal because of this being offered to them and not torturing them and killing them, mm. I, I like it. I like seeing them in these action sequences. I I had a lot of fun watching them jump into the fight sequence that was happening and not just have a bunch of like, you know, ninja hooded characters jumping around and you got the Gamorrean guards in there slicing and dicing. And there's one where I think he cuts the dude's neck. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It was a pretty good fight in the streets it. of, uh, of Mas Espa. It, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Well, before we get to the fight in the streets of, uh, yeah. of, uh, downtown Mas Espa, the, uh, uh, Fennec Shand and Boba Fett visit a 
and I didn't get the name of it. I couldn't figure it out, but like a lounge bar, kind of a kind of a club place. And they go to they're going to see Gorsa Whip. She's yeah. a, a Twi'lek. The place is like a staffed with Twi'leks, who I think in the Star Wars universe are sort of like the the um, sort of like the sex objects. In a way, they're, they're the, right? Yeah, they're the Orion slave girls of the Star Wars world. There you go. Right. So yeah. when they walk in, there's a dude and he's like buffed out. You know, there's like a, a, a male Twi'lek and a female Twi'lek. And they say, well, you know, would you like your helmets cleaned while you're waiting? I, so I, they, I, this is this is OK. This is going to sound totally cheap, but yeah. maybe Dave wants to jump in on this or whatever. The way the Twi'leks have been perceived since the prequel trilogy is just a little too neon for me. Like Ula was mm. green. But there was a grittiness about it. Maybe because she's hanging in Java's palace and they don't let her don't know, clean when you, up. Or when you say neon, are you like specifically talking about the color, like their how yeah. their shading is? They're so okay. bright. Like oh. I, everyone I've seen, like okay, Viv Fortuna is very pale white yeah. with blue and gray or whatever, and then you have Ula who's green, but it's a very dingy green. And maybe it's just the lighting in the palace. But man, everyone else is like. Yeah. There's two in in the prequel trilogy. That's messing with Sebulba, they're like pampering to him and and they're like bright blue and bright yellow i'm like okay that's cool it's colorful but like the rodian in this episode is really mm. bright orange like, yeah well and then I'm you like, have gorsa whip who's the like the the owner of the bar or whatever or the, yeah. the club she just looks like a white girl and let's just let's just throw it back <laughs> to who she is so that's yeah. uh that is the actress that was in oh god Dave, help me out with her name. Uh, Jennifer. Jennifer Beals. Gray, right? Or, oh, Beals. No, Jennifer Beals. Beals. Jennifer Beals. Beals. Jennifer Filoni. <laughs> Looking great, by the way. Oh, shut up. Is she married to Filoni? No, I'm kidding. Oh. No. <laughs> Filoni <laughs> wishes. <laughs> yeah, she. Oh, but yeah, that's that's Jennifer Beals. Yeah. She's in Lost Boys and Twister and good God. Yeah. A ton of movies. Yeah, good for her. She looks great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she says, I hope you like our little slice of paradise. Come back anytime you want. And a little flirty. And uh, they get the helmets back, and his uh, Boba Fett's helmet is filled with uh, with credits. So she, he gets the payoff from her uh, as the new crime lord. So they're walking down the streets of uh, Mos Espa, going back, returning to their homestead or, or uh, palace, I guess. Yeah. And uh, they get attacked. They get attacked by a group of... Well, we don't know exactly, but we assume it's the it's the well, same group that was assassins. threatening earlier. Yeah, assassins. That's a good that's a good way to put it. Um, and there are it's kind of a cool scene where they're all like armed with shields and they kind of yeah. box them into the middle of the street. And uh, right when you think they're about to they're going to get boxed in, they can't get out. Uh, the Gamorians come to the rescue. They do. And pretty cool fight scene. Fennec. Fennec Shan, man. I mean, oh yeah, that moment where he throws her. I mean, this is oh, yeah. this is Robert Rodriguez in fight sequences, which I really like. Although I didn't think it was as intense as the mm. Mandalorian Boba Fett fight with the stormtroopers, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get that moment where he tosses her up in the air, jumps on top of the shield. The Gamorreans rush oh, in. Oh yeah, and that was a great. Yeah, that was a great yeah, sequence. Yeah, there's chaos and everything, but it's just this perfect choreographed moment. Um, and then we get to see what I really enjoyed about this is Boba Fett's character is playing this so subtle in his like Godfather way. Like, and you never realize how ruthless the Godfather is in there until you get to see him do some crazy shit Mm. and ordering the right, you know, the right people to do the right things. But 
man, you see Boba Fett just step in. He grabs one of those vibro axes or whatever it is and just demolishes that guy. Like It oh. comes down. The angle is perfect, too. You're down low, and it's coming down right where you're at, right. your point of view. And you just feel the pain of what that thing is. It's, he's hitting that dude in the face. Well, and Tamara Morrison has a look on his face when he really, like, gets, like, you know, clobber yeah. somebody. And he did it in, in Mandalorian, too. It's so intense. He's, like, really in, an intense actor. Yeah. And uh, you can really feel it. There, there's another shot that Robert Rodriguez did that I, I loved when one of the um, attackers was climbing up the side of the building and Boba Fett... Um, <laughs> like blast him with a missile just blows him up like yeah. on the side of the building that was pretty cool well that's, a, that's another great moment so here he is yeah. showing this his nice side his forgiving side to the gamorians to all these other characters and, right. and but if you do something that physically is going to mess with him this is what i never got to see in the original trilogy and this is and i know dave we've had this argument on the show about boba fett being a total pussy but here's this moment where it's like yeah you know what you just attacked my people Fuck you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to blow you up. That's it. You're dust. You're not even wounded. You're just <laughs> disintegrated. Right. So, like dust in the wind. Like dust. Dude. <laughs> so, the Kansas. En- Let's play that with Kansas in the background. The end of this chapter is another flashback to Boba, is once again, he's flashing back to being captured by the Tuscans. Uh, he watches um, as. He's sort of forced to watch bandits steal water from one of the homesteads, right? Yeah. And um, the Tuscan Raider make him and the, his Rodian companion dig for these like little water capsules, almost like a shell with water in it under the sand. Yeah, I thought they looked like gourds or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like a little. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the Rodian ends up digging up this absolutely menacing creature uh would look so great goro goro yep. from mortal Kombat. <laughs> the, oh yeah the forearm yeah forearm. it's totally goro but it looks yeah. like almost like it runs like a centaur sort of um yeah it's, yeah. it's got it, yeah it's got six appendages and it right. feels like the back two are always legs the middle two can be legs or arms and the front ones are always right arms. right but the yeah. the in the uh uh, the show just refers to it as a sand creature and the, what do you call it? I always yeah. forget what those are called. Um, uh, my brain isn't working too many beers. Um, but Boba ends up saving From- the Tuscan Raider by choking out yeah, the yeah. sound creature a la Leia on Jabba the Hutt with the chain that and was great. Uh, choking him and uh, ends up earning the respect of the Raider clan. And uh, cut to end credits. Yeah, I. Uh, so let me go back real quick. I think yep. you were talking about, is it a crate dragon? Is the creature that you're talking about that we got to see in the Mandalorian that's from Tatooine? It's it's the bones that we see C-3PO walk by. And, uh, yes, in, yeah. Yeah. We find, yeah, we finally got to see a crate dragon in, in Mandalorian yes. season two, okay. episode one. Right, which was a lot bigger than uh, I was expecting it to be. Yeah, in Mandalorian. <laughs> it was it was huge. much more of like a sandworm. Yeah, yeah, right. But this thing, Steve, I don't know what it is. I I try yeah. to look it up. I don't see well, anything. It, yeah. it it just a sand creature. Yeah. So I don't um, know. Also, the the gang that's terrorizing the the people 
at that one point, their creatures, uh, their species is from Jabba's palace as, also, uh, as well. I think they're Nick, Nicktoos is their mm. creature name. They kind of have like an orangish brown skin. They've got little horns sticking out all over their face. Um, mm. So that's that's going to be a callback. I think we're going to see some action with that. The Nicktoos. Um, yeah, yeah, we've seen them somewhere before. They've been in yeah. another another series were, or episode before somewhere. They're in Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like how that kind of played out, um, yeah. up until that, I, I actually was kind of bummed. I thought we were going to get two episodes so I could mm. figure out what was going to happen right after, but I, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, all right. So overall thoughts, what do we think of, of, uh, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett Af- after one chapter, are you like looking forward to chapter two, Dave? What what are you what are your thoughts on on overall? Oh, absolutely looking forward to chapter two. I, I read some reviews that were talk that were just saying like, well, you have this weird flashback structure, and you're not really explaining what the threats are, the through lines, and we're just not sure what we think. Well, that that's not anybody who's ever read a comic book in their life understands the structure that's happening here. We're not going to get the introduction of who the big threat is until episode two or episode three, where they're going to they're going to turn that card over and we're going to see it for the first time. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm very excited to see what happens next. It's the worst case scenario for this is that it continues to be the visual treat that episode one was. Agreed. Yeah, I agree, too. Totally agree. Scott, you seem to you seem to have enjoyed this one. What, what's your feeling about the series? And are you excited to see episode two? I absolutely am. Uh, honestly, the only critique I had about the show is I, I wanted more. I, I really loved what has been shown to us. Uh, you made a great point of it being um, not too talky at the beginning. I like the visual style of it and the flashbacks, man. Dave, you pulled this one. That that Godfather reference was perfect because I really had that feeling, that vibe. So uh, super excited. I just, I honestly, 30 seconds an extra minute of him inside the Sarlacc, maybe rip it a few more wall linings apart or something. Uh, but I'm happy I got to see him doing what we have all read about, talked about for years of him getting out of the Sarlacc pit. We finally get to see it. So. The the opposite of the Dave Batista gag from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where Drax <laughs> is like, it's indestructible skin, so I'll destruct it by going at it from the inside and gets eaten by the, the creature and then still can't cut through the skin on the inside. Yeah. Well, I, I too loved the episode. I'm super excited about, uh, you know, that it's a serial release every week. I get something to look forward to every Wednesday. Um, I love the callbacks to the original trilogy. I, you know, to me, those those first three movies are the essence of why we're Star Wars fans, and I, I can't get enough of it. I, I will, I'll probably watch this at least one more time before, uh, before next week's episode, and I'm totally geeked on it. I'm, I'm if, in. If 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 anybody has a hand in the nostalgia part, you have Filoni. You have Favreau, and now you have Robert Rodriguez, who we know was one of the best things of season two of The Mandalorian. So I'm I'm pumped. It's in the it's in great hands to bring all that stuff back because they're going to tell it right. They're going to do it subtle, or even if it is a little bit too much, it's going to be fun. And that's yep. something we we just lacked in a yeah, lot it, of other properties. Yeah. And and one thing Favreau is good at is he understands when to do when to reach back and and grab something that will be familiar 
when it's appropriate and when it's important. He doesn't just throw in Easter eggs or do things for, for true fan service, meaning the only reason it's there is for fans. He does things very purposefully. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I feel like that's why it has the resonance that it does for, you know, people of our generation because it is so purposeful. And, and if you really want that, that has no meaning whatsoever, just for sake of throwing it on the screen, please go see the matrix right now. <laughs> <laughs> If only they they uh, have the same energy on the big screen for Star Wars as they have on the small screen for Star Wars. Get Fingers some... crossed that'll transfer over. I'm hoping. Yeah. If Patty Jenkins has anything to say about it, it might not. I don't know. <laughs> Wonder Woman's going to be a great movie. We know that. <laughs> well... Uh, we, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of giving that. Uh, we're not sure. Well, we've got some catching up to do. I don't know when the next episode of the Wretched Hive podcast is going to happen because uh, we're, we're kind of uh, trying to resuscitate our our uh, podcast sequencing here. We're trying to figure this out. It's all good. Given that we are uh, sadly well, back in, back in uh, COVID land here and the pandemic rearing its ugly head, but we're going to, we're going to try to make this work. Sorry, Scott, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no. Oh. We made it work for two years, man. We can do this. Yeah. We can do it. But, uh, I would okay. love, I would love to, to come together again. And after episode two happens, let's, let's see let's, if we can make it happen. Let's make a deal, man, because we got Hawkeye to talk about. We got, oh, man. we have a lot to talk about. Do we get Spider-Man to talk about? Seriously. The highest grossing movie, I think, in two years. <laughs> yep. I would love to do shorter shows, shorter, more focused shows. Okay. Fair. Fair. Like, if we could just do a 40-minute show on Spider-Man. Let's do it. And another 40-minute show on Hawkeye. Okay, I'm up right after this show ends. And another one <laughs> on, you know, on Chapter 2. Rather than, like, an hour and a half on all of it, yeah. I don't know. That feels better okay. to me. All right. All right, guys. I'm not sure what episode this is, but it doesn't really matter. Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 1. The Wretched Eye Podcast Review is in the books. How about that? I think we're... Love it. I don't know. Is it, is it T-B-O-F-B? What, what are we? <laughs> Something like that. All right, guys, take care and may the force be with us all. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Hawkeye was pretty good. That's We're going to talk about it. Oh, we have to.